Hi, my name is Marco. Welcome to our weekly Maison Mission program. This is episode 23. Maison Mission is an inclusive faith community. The word Maison comes from a Greek word that means greater. The Maison Mission is about finding greater spaces for people to hear and experience the good news of Jesus. You can find out more about the Maison Mission by visiting MaisonMission.com or through the links in the description of this program. Welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Today is the conclusion of our series, The Other Side. We've spent these last few weeks after Easter Sunday observing the time that Jesus spent with his disciples after the resurrection, the ascension, and also the time they spent waiting in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to arrive at Pentecost. Well, today is the big reveal. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Today is the day that marks the beginning of the church. The day when the Holy Spirit fell upon people and empowered them to fully be the hands and feet of Jesus to the world. For better and worse, it sparked the movement we know now today as Christianity. So as we observe this Holy Pentecost Sunday, I want to talk a little bit about perspective. We've already talked a little bit in this series about the new reality that Jesus has brought to the disciples through the kingdom of God coming through us into this world, both now and not yet. But I want to pause and just observe for a minute the reality of the situation. You see, we have a very different perspective than the disciples. It's easy for us to look at the whole of human history and see everything for what it is. We know the Bible stories. We know how horrible it was to live under the rule of the Roman Empire. We know how the story ends. Jesus rose again, and now we all get to dress up and sit in uncomfortable bench seats for an hour a week, eating stale bread and drinking off-brand grape juice. But let's look at what the disciples must have been thinking. I mean, Jesus died, and now he's alive. And not only that, but they're also realizing that this guy might actually be God. I mean, it's easy for us to take for granted what the writers of the Bible were going through because we already know the whole story. Our perspective is way different than that of the apostles. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about the show This Is Us. Uh, Many of you guys have seen this show. Uh, My wife likes the show. I kind of love and hate the show. Um, It's just a hard watch. You know, there's some shows on TV that just hit so close to home that they're really uncomfortable. And and I think This Is Us is one of those shows. Um, You know, the show basically follows this family um, through, like, decades, through, through their whole existence. So you have, like... The, the mom and dad, you see them as, uh, you know, a young, young pregnant couple, and then they have their kids and their kids grow up and it kind of, you know, the time shifts over to the, to the, the, the kids growing up and now they're getting married and older. And so there's a lot of these like kind of time change things where it's like shifting the timeline from and flashbacks and flash forwards, um, and, and it's, it's really interesting because the premise of the show is that sometimes you'll see the same event in this family's like history happen multiple times, but you're, you're seeing it through the perspective or through the lens of different family members. Um, so for instance, there's this episode, um, where, uh, one of the daughters is, is probably about nine or 10 years old and, and it's, it's, it's Halloween 
and and she really really likes this one boy and she wants to ask him to go trick-or-treating with him well the sister is really close with the brother and the brother sees that the sister wants to do this and get out there and and spend this time with this boy and and he would do anything for the sister and so uh, in another scene, you see through the eyes of, of the brother, him taking his Halloween candy and giving it to the boy in exchange for him going and spending some time with the sister. But then you see through the lens of the sister and the sister is just so excited that this boy wants to spend time with her. And then flash to another lens, which is the father who only sees bits and pieces of this, but witnesses that there's some kind of injustice happening here. And his heart is just so broken over it and he doesn't know how to fix it. And so it's, it's just a wild show. It's, it's, it's very intense, um, but it shows all these different perspectives. But I, I think about that show and I realize that's kind of how life really is. There's this whole history that is happening around us that we're experiencing, right? But sometimes... What we see through our lens is different than what someone else sees. You know, my life growing up, um, you know, I think the reason that show is so challenging for me is because for me growing up, it was very similar. Like, like um, my mom and my dad both had uh, substance abuse issues growing up. My, my mom is a recovering alcoholic. Um, she's been 10 years sober now, which I'm stoked for her. I'm so proud of her and excited for her journey. And you have to hear her story. It's awesome. But, but you know, sometimes we will get together now that we're adults. We'll get together as a family. And like me and my sister and my brothers will we'll talk through these stories of, of things that we remember from growing up. And, 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 and we won't agree on how those things went down because, you know, my sister will say something like, well, you weren't there. You didn't see this, this, and this. Whereas I might even in that same situation say, yeah, but you also didn't see this this and this. And so, so the impression that these events, these huge events that happened to us growing up, um, and some of them were, were, were hard and ugly and, and difficult to, to wrestle with. Even between siblings, we have different experiences because those lens, those lenses are just so, so different because we had different experiences. Um, you know, we're all seeing the same true story but we're seeing it from these different perspectives. And so I want to challenge your perspective today. And I want to start with talking about how God sees us. Um, you know, we've all heard the creation story, you know, in, in, in Genesis, uh, the first three chapters, you know, we have the creation story in chapter one. We have this original blessing that God bestows on the creation and and he fills the earth with all this stuff he wants to have a relationship with us he creates all of the creatures he creates all day and night all of these things um and then he creates man um, and he says that all of these things are good you know we skip through this really fast not all of us grew up learning this as the beginning of our journey a lot of us started our journey with the Bible, learning about sin and how bad we are and about how broken the world is. You know, a lot of people will tell the story starting uh, at Genesis 3, which is the fall of man. But you can't have Genesis 3 if you don't go back and read Genesis 1 and 2. Because Genesis 1 and 2 shows us the Creator's heart 
for us. A very, very dear friend of mine, someone who I considered a mentor, um, his name is Dan Green. He passed away last month. Um, and he is the first person who I encountered who shared um, this original blessing idea with me. The idea that, that God is, is, is not mad at us, that, that we didn't start in sin. We started with blessing. And, uh, and even though we, we turned away from God, we were lied to. And we believed and we bought into the lie. You know, sin destroyed the way that we saw and experienced our relationship with God and with each other. But God's heart and vision for us has never changed. God is on a mission to restore our ability to see him and his original vision for the creation. Now, sin is real. And it's a real problem, but just know this, God is not mad at you. He never has been. He never will be. It's not who he is. God is love. There is no fear in love. We got to get this straightened out because there are a lot of people in this world who are walking around in this curse thinking that they're not loved by God. They think that God is mad at them and that they're never going to be enough. But this couldn't be further from the truth. God does not hate you. He doesn't discard or abandon his children. God makes a way where there is no other way. And so sin enters the world and it really messes things up because it keeps us from seeing our true identity. And so here's an example I, I, I want to give you. Okay. So, so you see this, this is a, this is a $20 bill, right? $20. Um, I mean, this is, this is a good $20 bill. If I were to say that I wanted to give you this dollar bill, you would want it, right? Yes, because it has value. Uh, but if I crumple it up, you know, or if I run it over with my car, or if, even if I like rip the edges, you know, would you still want it? Sure, but why? It's messed up. I mean, it looks horrible now. Look, see, it's all messed up. I mean, shouldn't it lose at least some of its value? No. Why? Because its value comes from a higher authority. The U.S. Treasury says that this $20 bill is legal tender for all debts, public and private. This is money. <laughs> but what about us? Who gives us our value? God. He spoke original blessing over us. He is the higher authority. We are made in his image. And so sin clouds our ability to see things clearly. This is why the stories in the Old Testament reveal such a hard journey for the Israelites. They're trying to see this truth about who God is and who they are, but they can't see it because it's a veiled truth. Remember in the desert, the Israelites had to go meet with God in the tabernacle behind a veil. Only priests could go in there. It was a holy of holies. The presence of God was behind a veil. Fast forward to Jesus dying on the cross. What happened when he was crucified? It says that the veil was torn in the temple. You see what Jesus is doing here? He's making a way for us to see him. 
He's taking the blinders off. He's opening our eyes. Paul says in the book of Colossians that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Jesus comes into the world to show us what God is really like. We didn't really know God fully because we couldn't see him fully. But now, because of Jesus, we do. You know, I love this quote from Ray Hollenbach's devotional book, 50 Forgotten Days. It says this, You know, there's a man seated on the throne of heaven, born of a woman, toiled in sweat, bled and died, risen in body, seated on the throne, and still human, yet always divine. God begot himself, and he sits enthroned, surrounded by humanity, worshiping the image of God in a man, because that man is God. Whew! So Jesus is alive right now. He's not a ghost or some kind of alien being. He's a physical, living human being. I mean, that's mind-blowing. And we don't think about that, but it's true. You know, humanity's journey with God over the ages hasn't been easy. We've not always been able to see God clearly because God was hidden literally behind a veil. Sin clouded our ability to see God clearly, yet Jesus finally gives us that clear picture of God that we've always needed. You know, some of the Old Testament prophets spoke about a new covenant that was coming, but they didn't know what God was talking about because Jesus had not yet been revealed to them. Jeremiah and Ezekiel talk about this. And later on in the New Testament, in the book of Hebrews, it's confirmed. They echo their words and they say, it says this, This is the covenant that I will make with them in the days to come, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and write them on their minds. And then he says this, I will not remember their sins and evil deeds any longer. That's from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 16 and 17. So, Jesus is the fulfillment of this new covenant. He even says it at the Last Supper. This is the new covenant that I make with you. And so we are living in this new promise with God right now because of this. Jesus ushers in a new reality. And this new reality is being experienced literally for the first time by the apostles. The unveiled truth of Jesus is right in front of them. God is fully present. So often we take this for granted, but just let that sink in for a moment. You know, these guys are not only in the presence of God, but they're called friends of God. You know, here is God in flesh, raised from the dead in front of their very eyes. Wow. So now you have God talking about the kingdom, this thing that is now and not yet, this reality where we can actually see things the right way, the restored way. You have heard it said this, but Jesus says this. Jesus is continually correcting our perception of his heart, and he shows us the way God intended us and equipped us to see things. So have you ever seen those people uh, with the colorblind glasses? You know, um, I don't know if you've ever seen those videos or those stories on YouTube. Um, 
you know, the, free, the, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil makes us colorblind. It's like too many colors in the spectrum and our eyes can't sort it all out. And so we see things without color, without the vibrance, without the life that God intended. But then we get the glasses and now we can see it all. And it's overwhelming. It's powerful. It's beautiful. Jesus makes it possible for us to see all of the colors in the spectrum in their correct order again. But we have to seek first the kingdom. We have to open our eyes to put the Jesus glasses on. You know, John calls Jesus the word of God, meaning that Jesus is in human form a statement. A lot of people say Jesus is an example to the world, but I think it's way deeper than that. Jesus isn't just an example. He is actually God. We see the Father through him. You know, author Brian Zahn, he puts it this way, Jesus is what God has to say to the world. I want to share this verse uh, in closing from, from 1 Peter. This is one of my favorite passages because it talks about our true identity in Christ. So starting at chapter nine, it says this, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, but now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. This is the best news of all. Not only has Jesus made a way for you and for me, but he's calling us into a new identity, a new sense of belonging. And through this, we get to go out into the world and show light. So how we see God and how he sees us is everything. You know, our identity comes from God. We're sons and daughters. The sickness of sin makes us blind to the reality of this identity, but yet we've been set free. We now see clearly through the lens of Jesus. This is good news. You know, some people don't like the way that this gospel presentation goes because it sounds too good to be true. But the thing is that it's as good as it is true. Jesus has made a way where there is no other way. The truth of who God is has been unveiled. We see Jesus. Jesus is who God really is. So let's go back to that dollar analogy, the original blessing, the design, purpose, that original identity of who you are. You know, it's never changed. Sin may have clouded our ability to see it, but Jesus he unveils our eyes to see the truth about who we are. It allows us to see the original blessing God gave humanity. And now we get to live it out. You know, I say this a lot, uh, especially in prayers, but I talk about God's grace empowering us to do the things that he's called us to do that we can't do in our own strength. Um, and that truth is, there's never a day where that truth is more uh, evident than on Pentecost right? Because Pentecost is the day that the Holy Spirit comes and empowers the people to do the things that they could never do before. It's God's presence fully with us, equipping us, giving us the things that we need to do the things that we were always made to do. 
It's this incredible power that he bestows upon us. And so I just want to, in closing, uh, I just want to focus on that. And I want to encourage you and let you know that no matter what you may feel like you're up against, God's power, his strength, his grace is available to you. It's within reach. And so today, as we close, as we pray, I just want to ask that God's grace his power, his spirit would be upon you. That as you go out into the world this week, as you move and as you talk to others, that people would see the presence of God, that they would sense that he is with you and that he is on you. And so let's pray together. God, we thank you. We thank you for this incredible gift of the Holy Spirit that you have given us, um, that the spirit is present in our world um, Lord, that, that it helps us to see things through the clear lens. Lord, that we can see you, that we can see each other the way that you see us. Lord, that we can pour out your love, that we can shine your light to the world. I pray that as we go, that your grace would empower us. Lord, that your voice would speak through us and that your light would shine brightly on us, Lord. We're so thankful for all that you're doing and all that you're saying. And Lord, we want to move with you. Lord, we love you. We pray all this in your name. Amen. A few reminders before you go. House Church and Maison Meetup groups are starting up soon. These are great ways for you to stay connected and to live out the Maison mission. If you're interested in hosting or leading a house church, or if you want to start a special interest meetup group, email us at info at We're ready to start moving the mission forward with you. Get ready for Maison Live. As COVID restrictions relax and more and more people are getting vaccinated, we want you to know that we are excited about actual physical church gatherings starting up this fall. Maison Live will be a once a month family church experience where we will sing some songs, share in communion, hear a short message, and actually see each other live in person. More info is coming soon. We can't wait to see you. Maison Mission is a non-denominational church. These programs and conversations are only possible through the financial support and donations from people like you. If our program encouraged you today, consider supporting the Maison Mission with a one-time gift or on a recurring basis. You can give through MaisonMission.com and follow the link to give. You can also text the dollar amount to 84321 and follow links to Amazon Mission. We will also display our giving links on the slide at the conclusion of this program. Thanks for tuning in.